Can't, I'm not sure with faces. Um, so why don't we uh, just turn to the back section of the prayer book. Welcome everyone back. We had a, a couple of uh, cancellations due to the inclement weather. And luckily we're back here today to be able to hear the pure teachings. So let's get started with the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. The Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard once the Blessed One who is dwelling in Rajagriya at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. After the time the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called profound illumination. And at the same time, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way, he saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then, through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, how should a son or a daughter of a noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, Seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature, form is emptiness, emptiness also is form, emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics, there is no birth and no cessation, there is no impurity and no purity, there is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, no dharmas, no consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death. No suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Rajaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Rajaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequal mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no exception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Ata Om Gate Gate Bharagate Bharasangate Bodhisoha. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly of the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. <laughs> Nesu 
So once again, we will continue our uh, um, uh, teaching on Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. Uh, and we missed a week of instruction because the building across the street uh, fell down due to the bad weather. Uh, but no one died, so it's very good. No one, no one died. No one passed away. So, uh, so uh, uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment is a commentary on Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment, and it's the most uh, uh, vast commentary on that text that Lama Tsongkhapa wrote. He also wrote the Lamrim Din, which is the medium Lamrim, which is about 200 leaflets. Uh, and then the smaller Lamrims, which uh, are the uh, Lamrims such as the three principal paths or three principal aspects of the path, the foundation of all good qualities, also called the source of all my good, uh, and the other text, uh, Lamrim Dudun, the abbreviated stages on the path. So all of these texts are commentary on Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, the Lamrim Chemo, or the great treatise on the stage of the Path to Enlightenment, being the most vast, or the, uh, um, uh, the one with the greatest uh, um, con amount of content. So the text begins with a, an outline um, um, 
and there are four categories. The first category is the greatness of the teaching's author, and this category contains the liberation life story of Lord Atisha uh, and the details around Atisha's life. The second category is the greatness of the teaching itself. The third category is the great way to listen to and explain the instruction. Uh, and then the fourth category is how to lead students in that actual instruction. Uh, so, uh, the fourth section, which is how to lead students in the actual instructions, uh, begins with uh, the relying on the teacher section, uh, relying on the teacher that is the root um, of the path. So this is the first section, um, and under that we find six specific categories that deal with uh, that specific instruction, um, and then uh, there's an, the, uh, 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 the next section that shows the meditation session and how to actually sustain it, um, and the, uh, how to do the preparations for the actual session, and then the actual session itself. Um, and then the next section is defeating or getting rid of misconceptions about the meditation. Um, and that's where we've uh, arrived at in the text at this point. So, uh, refuting misconceptions about uh, meditation. <laughs> Okay, so we're at page 109 uh, in the English, uh, chapter 6 in the English, uh, 69 in the Tibetan, and it's called Refuting Misconceptions About Meditation. Mm. 
the first um, misconception about meditation that is refuted is the uh, misconception that uh, stabilizing meditation um, is the only meditation that one should do and that analytical meditation is a conceptual meditation and is necessarily an obstacle to attaining stabilizing meditation and is therefore grasping at true establishment because it is a conceptual um, um, analysis that's going on. Because there is conceptual analysis, there is necessarily grasping at true establishment. And we find this uh, view um, held by the uh, Chinese abbot called Hashan, uh, where he felt that any uh, conceptual thought whatsoever was necessarily um, grasping at true establishment. So whether uh, one was analyzing uh, emptiness or love or compassion or uh, any among those topics, uh, um, he or she is necessarily um, um, uh, involved in conceptual thought and therefore involved in grasping at true establishment. Um, so there are two uh, views um, that one can hold. There is the view of nihilism, uh, and then there is the view of substantialism. The view of nihilism is a view that believes that there is no exi uh, existence of objects whatsoever. Uh, that uh, in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, this idea that there is no eye, there is no ear, uh, this would be, uh, um, if misinterpreted, uh, could be understood in a nihilistic way that would understand that there is no eye, there is no experience that one is having. Um, but that's not what is being uh, presented in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. What's being presented is the lack of true establishment of these objects and therefore refuting the second uh, um, type of view which is incorrect, which is substantialism. Uh, the belief that there is a truly established I or experience that is happening um, uh, is, is the sub substantialism. So uh, the truth is that there is a lack of true establishment of these objects, and that is the, what is being presented in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. And the two extremes are nihilism, which is the lack of existence or non-existence of objects, uh, and then substantialism, which is the true establishment of objects. Um, so here, this first uh, refutation, or uh, this first negation, is uh, that of the uh, view of Hashan, uh, that um, one can only do stabilizing meditation, and that one should empty one's mind completely of all thought, and that any thought that comes in is a grasping, and that if, uh, in the same way that if a black dog bites you or a white dog bites you, it's still a bite. If a black cloud covers the sun or a white cloud covers the sun, the sun is still covered. Uh, so Hashan believed that uh, any type of thought that came in, whether it be uh, uh, virtuous or non-virtuous, was a, an obstacle. Um, and that emptying the mind was the way to uh, um, getting away from this grasping. Uh, so there was this, this nihilistic idea. So all of these kind of views of substantialism and nihilism uh, are being negated within this uh, um, uh, within this section, and then there's uh, the grasping at um, substantial existence of mind or consciousness, and then the grasping at substantial existence of person or being. Uh, so there there are these uh, different types of grasping of when we're talking about substantialism, uh, and neither uh, are are correct. They are both mistaken views. 
Uh, so both the grasping at the consciousness or mind is being truly established and grasping at the person, uh, giving either one of these some so sort of substantial existence as an incorrect view and mistaken. Uh, but refuting their existence altogether is also an incorrect view. Uh, so the correct view is the lack of true establishment, and that's what's presented in the Heart Sutra uh, and presented here by refuting misconceptions about how to arrive um, at it. Altyazı <laughs> So, when we look at this grasping, there are different ways that we can grasp. We can grasp at things as being non-existent, um, so believing that there is uh, a non-existence of, of uh, uh, the I, for instance, if we're looking at the subject I. Uh, if we're grasping at it as being non-existent, then this is a nihilism, and this is the uh, one extreme. Uh, and the other extreme is substantialism, and that's grasping at the I as being truly established. Uh, so this grasping at the eye as being truly established is giving it some substantial existence. Uh, and n both of these are necessarily mistaken views. If we look at uh, grasping um, at, the, at a rope as being uh, a snake, um, that uh, uh, grasping, um, that mind that grasps at the rope being a stake is a mistaken view in the same way that the mind grasps at things being truly established is a mistaken view, and the mind grasping at things as being non-existent is also a mistaken view. So these are called the two extremes, the extremes of existence, or substantialism, and the extreme of non-existence, or nihilism. <coughs> and, and the mind can grasp at either one of these, and when it is grasps at either one of these, then it is grasping at a mistaken view. <laughs> Soro Dama Dama Chao Luka Mashubi, Lobu Kaba, Sayatrike, Hashanta, Chetao Sukaba is Hashanta Jagam Hashan Jerva, Hashanta Chetao Yerva Cheta, that Chutan Yomaris, Mabaris, Yoba Yena, Debatuan, and then Debatuan Zantu Dunga to Samalo, Denzis, what could the Labi Chinabo Kabu Sujan Sayatu? Okay, uh, so 
Uh, this first negation is the negation of those views of nihilism like Hashan uh, held. Uh, and uh, Hashan felt that any conceptual thought, uh, no matter what it was, was necessarily grasping at true establishment. So anything thought that came into the mind was ne uh, negative. Uh, just like uh, that idea of uh, being bit by a white or a black dog was it was a bite either way. Uh, um, Hashan held this view that all phenomena are not existent because believing that they were existent was grasping at true establishment or grasping at true existence. So there is a nihilistic view going on uh, with Hashan's uh, assertions or views and they're negated here uh, at the beginning of the first um, negation in this text of, among the four. Um, so, uh, Hashan held a view that um, uh, any kind of uh, analysis um, um, uh, was necessarily an obstacle to Buddhahood or to enlightenment. Um, so, uh, when we look at the different kinds of wisdom uh, that uh, Maitreya asserts in the ornament for the Mahayana Sutras, the or, uh, Mahayana Sutra of Amkara, uh, uh, the uh, Maitreya asserts that there are wisdoms that uh, come after one another and have cause and effect relationships with one another. So there is a wisdom arisen from hearing, and then the wisdom arisen from contemplation, and then the wisdom that has arisen from meditation. Uh, um, and uh, according to Lord Maitreya, the wisdom arisen from meditation is caused by the wisdom arisen from contemplation, and the wisdom arisen from contemplation is caused by the wisdom arisen from hearing. Um, so uh, this is the assertion of Lord Maitreya, and Hashan felt that the wisdom arisen from hearing and contemplation was necessarily grasping at true establishment and conceptuality. Uh, so he believed that uh, these wisdoms uh, were not uh, in that order, or uh, in that meditation, uh, it was, uh, uh, these were obstacles actually to true meditation. Dangela 
Um, so the wisdoms arise in that order according to Maitreya, the wisdom arisen from hearing, the wisdom arisen from contemplation, and the wisdom arisen from meditation. Um, so uh, when we look at the four uh, noble truths, uh, the, first, the four statements, the first set of four statements that Lord Buddha made, he stated that this is the superior truth of suffering, this is the superior truth of origin, this is the superior truth of cessation, and that this is the superior truth of path. Um, and in order for one to understand these four noble truths, in order to um, uh, arrive at a meditation which uses as its object of observation these four noble truths, one first has to hear them. Uh, so first, in order to um, um, understand these things in any way, it's necessary to hear them. And then by hearing them, one can understand uh, uh, what these Four Noble Truths actually are. Uh, so first, there has to be a presentation that one hears. Uh, and then next, uh, through analysis um, and through utilization of correct signs and saying, oh, this is what the First Noble Truth is, this is what uh, suffering is, this is what origin is, uh, this is what cessation is, this is what path is, and by engaging in analysis, and again, uh, using uh, correct signs, one then can arrive at the wisdom arisen from contemplation. So through contemplating these uh, truths, uh, one arrives at that wisdom. And then, after this wisdom is arisen through contemplation, which, uh, and this wisdom which has as its object of observation the Four Noble Truths, um, then one can arrive at it, this uh, union of calm abiding and special insight, and then have the wisdom arisen uh, from meditation. Um, so, uh, through this uh, um, process of uh, wisdoms arising that cause one another, one can arrive at an actual meditation on, in this case, uh, the object of observation of the Four Noble Truths, or the Four Superior Truths. And Hashan felt that this hearing and contemplation was necessarily an obstacle to real meditation, to meditation. Um, so, uh, Matreya asserts that the so, uh, a wisdom arisen from meditation is caused by the wisdom arisen from uh, contemplation or analysis. And the wisdom arisen from contemplation or analysis is uh, caused by the wisdom arisen from hearing. Just as uh, a child is born from its mother, and the mother is born from her, his or her mother, I'm from her mother, and etc., 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 there is a cause and effect relationship uh, with these wisdoms and their arisal according to the Mahayana Sutra Alamkara. So the, the, the camp, Chinese abbot, Jai Kempo. Jai Kempo, uh, so the um, Chinese abbot, uh, who we call Hashan, is called the Chinese abbot, and he asserted that um, any uh, type of uh, thought, whether it is good or bad, 
uh, is next necessarily an obstacle uh, to meditation because it is grasping. So all throughout the uh, pronouncements of Lord Buddha, the Kongjur, and the uh, authentic Indian commentaries, the Tanjur, we find this repeated uh, fact that uh, um, um, the, the wisdom arisen from hearing causes the wisdom arisen from contemplation, and the wisdom arisen from contemplation causes the wisdom arisen from meditation. So we find this repeated fact in the, all of these texts. So, uh, in that section going back uh, where Lama Tsongkhapa shows that uh, um, it, the teacher's lamp shows that all the te teachings are instructions for practice, that all of the instructions are uh, causes for uh, happiness. Um, if we um, look at the instructions that cause happiness of the higher realms, uh, liberation, etc., um, Hashan would negate this idea uh, and state that um, this is not necessarily uh, so, uh, according uh, to the, his explanations, um, that uh, um, uh, any uh, um, conceptual thought, be it virtue or good or bad, is necessarily not uh, a cause for ultimate happiness because of uh, it, it being grasping. So it's almost as though Hashan has thrown away these instructions that are in the uh, Kangjur and Tanjur as if it was just the newspaper being thrown in the garbage. Uh, because there are uh, very clear instructions that um, these uh, uh, wisdoms uh, uh, cause one another. Uh, the wisdom of, of risen from hearing, contemplation, and meditation are all causes for one another. And we find this repeated fact in the Kangjur and Tanjur. So let's go to the text. Nibat 
So, there are persons who have not begun to recognize that the classic scriptures and their commentaries constitute personal instructions and who, therefore, might have the following qualms. So, here this is speaking of Hashan, 
Uh, and here it's saying the classic scriptures, so that's referring to the Kongjur, the Lord Buddha's uh, uh, pronouncements. Uh, and then there are commentaries <coughs> here is referring to Indian commentaries. Uh, and here it says, uh, constitute personal instructions. And we previously went over that this is referring to that all uh, of the teachings are instructions that uh, are a cause for temporary and ultimate happiness. Um, so it says, uh, uh, those who have not begun to recognize that the classic scriptures and their commentaries are per constitute personal instructions, uh, therefore they might have the following qualm. Um, so... Uh, 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 and then it says the qualm. When you meditate on the path, you should do only stabilizing meditation rather than uh, repeatedly analyzing your object of meditation. For repeated analysis with discerning wisdom is only for times of study uh, and reflection. So here, uh, this there is an idea that if it is meditation, it is necessarily uh, stabilizing meditation or uh, single-pointed uh, meditation uh, that... Uh, um, the wisdom arisen from hearing, wisdom arisen from contemplation, that these are necessarily not meditations. These are just studying uh, an actual reflection, that these aren't categorically meditation, they are not uh, uh, aids to meditation, and are obstacles are actually obstacles to the achievement of meditation. So um, here, uh, this first qualm is uh, um, uh, the assertion that Hashan makes uh, where he states that um, um, positive or negative uh, minds are necessarily uh, conceptual thought, and conceptual thought is necessarily uh, grasping at truly establishment. So it says, moreover, repeated analysis will prevent you from future attainment of Buddhahood because conceptual thought apprehends signs of uh, uh, true existence. So concept because uh, whether if something is positive or negative, it is necessarily conceptual. Um, this, uh, if it's uh, bodhicitta or love or um, any of these other things, um, they are uh, um, conceptual, so they are therefore obstacles to the achievement of Buddhahood. Um, so here, this is a direct conflict with this idea that all of the instructions, uh, uh, all of the teachings are instructions to practice, and all of the teachings are cause for temporary and ultimate um, uh, happiness. Um, because here it's stating that they are actual obstacles, uh, that, uh, certain. Uh, thinking is actually, uh, um, uh, any type of thinking whatsoever is an obstacle uh, to um, uh, enlightenment because it is uh, rooted with or um, uh, saturated with, uh, if you will, uh, this grasping at true establishment. <laughs> So here, by stating that, moreover, repeated analysis will prevent you from future attainment of Buddhahood because conceptual thought apprehends signs of true existence. This is stating that the wisdom arisen from hearing, the wisdom arisen from contemplation are all obstacles to the achievement of uh, um, uh, um, Buddhahood or the attainment of Buddhahood uh, because of the fact that there are, is still within this um, uh, um, um, conceptual thought that apprehends or grasps at 
true establishment and sees signs of true existence. So this is the Hashan's uh, uh, view of nihilism. Okay, so, 
Uh, here's the negation then of this uh, view, the response. Uh, so here it says, uh, and this is the negation of the view of nihilism, of Hashan's uh, view that was previously stated. It says, this is the nonsensical chatter of someone who is utterly ignorant of the crucial points of practice. Um, so here, Lama Tsongkhapa is stating that uh, um, one who holds this view that was previously presented um, hasn't uh, um, followed uh, the instructions uh, that were put forth uh, in the pronouncements of Lord Buddha and the authentic Indian commentaries. And then he cites Lord Maitreya's ornament for the Mahayana Sutras, the Mahayana Sutra Alamkara, uh, which shows how um, all of these, the wisdoms, uh, the wisdom arisen from hearing, the wisdom arisen from con contemplation, and the wisdom arisen from meditation, are all rely on one another in a cause and effect way. Um, so it says proper attention is based upon prior study. Uh, so here it's ta uh, talking about uh, the wisdom arisen from contemplation is caused by the wisdom arisen from hearing. So here proper study is what causes the proper attention. And then it says sublime wisdom which takes reality as its object. So the um, um, uh, wisdom arisen from meditation uh, arises from the cultivation of proper attention. So here, proper attention is the wisdom arisen from contemplation, and this shows how the wisdom arisen from contemplation causes the wisdom arisen from meditation. Um, so we see how um, these wisdoms uh, have this cause and effect relationship with one another, and then how the wisdoms uh, arisen relative to the wisdom realizing uh, the Four Noble Truths, the wisdom realizing uh, emptiness and so forth, are arrived at through this progression of uh, um, understanding or wisdoms, if you will. Um, so the wisdom arisen from contemplation um, causes that wisdom uh, um, arisen uh, from meditation. So uh, once one has that wisdom arisen uh, from hearing, uh, then the wisdom arisen from contemplation uh, arises, so then one is able to progress through the various stages of the path of preparation uh, to the path of seeing, uh, meditation, etc. Um, uh, um, so one is able to have the, these realizations um, uh, because of the, ver the previous wisdoms that cause those realizations. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, so one uh, first hears uh, about uh, the topic or the um, uh, object of, the, uh, of one's meditation, uh, and then understands it, and then thinks of it again and again. So here it says, is based, proper attention is based on proper study. So studying is the wisdom arisen from hearing it. So once one hears about this uh, uh, um, subject, then one um, understands it. And then one thinks about it again and again and again and again, and this is proper attention. This is what proper attention is referring to. And by thinking about it again and again and again, then one becomes more stable with the understanding of it, and then those uh, uh, wisdom arisen from meditation is possible. Um, so, and again, one can then traverse the various stages of the path of uh, preparation and seeing and so forth. Gulani, Nasa, Naja, Ibate, Shabina, and Chuna Debama Ruba. 
So here, Maitreya teaches that you should use the wisdom that comes from reflection to attend properly to the meaning of what you have studied. From this, there will arise the wisdom that uh, comes from meditation and perceives reality. So um, one has to um, uh, go through the process in this order in order to have realization, uh, in order to arrive at a wisdom arisen uh, from meditation. Those precepts are necessary. It says, therefore, first study with someone that, uh, with someone what you intend to practice uh, and come to know it secondhand. Uh, so here it says, uh, first, the wisdom, you have to achieve the wisdom arisen from hearing. So studying it, uh, going and hearing the information that one wishes to learn, uh, and then uh, thinking about it so it becomes secondhand information. It says, next, use scripture and reasoning to properly reflect on the meaning of what you have studied, coming to know it firsthand. Once you determine the meaning of what you have originally intended to practice with this kind of study and reflection, and you have no doubts, then familiarize yourself with it repeatedly. So once you're going through this process of first uh, hearing the information and, and making sure it's been absorbed and uh, understood, the content of it, and then there's an analysis of the information that goes on, uh, such as uh, this uh, form is not truly established. Why is it not truly established? It's not truly established because it is uh, dependently originates. So going through uh, and looking at correct signs and analyzing the subject in uh, various ways, whether the subject is the mind that aspires to enlightenment or, or the four, uh, four uh, um, uh, noble truths uh, or any of uh, um, these uh, truth of suffering, uh, impermanence, emptiness, all of these subjects um, and their wisdom, the, uh, um, their understandings are arrived at in, the, in this way. So first hearing of them uh, and absorbing the information and, and making sure that that information is absorbed properly and then an analyzing that information. Uh, it says, thus you need both uh, re uh, repeated analytical meditation and non-analytical stabilizing meditation because meditation involves both non-analytical stabilization on the meaning of what you originally intended to practice that was determined through study and reflection and the use of discerning wisdom to analyze this meaning. Uh, so one needs to have both analytical meditation and uh, focusing meditation or stabilizing meditation and go back and forth uh, between the two in order uh, to arrive at a realization of, say, emptiness, uh, uh, for instance, in order to realize uh, whether it's bodhicitta or emptiness or uh, uh, relying on the spiritual teacher, etc. All of these realizations depend upon uh, first hearing uh, and studying uh, and then contemplating and then realizing them through repeated familiarization uh, in a, uh, through meditation. Uh, that's good, said Jacob. Okay.
Uh, we have a food to give out cookies here. So, um, so going back, uh, if first one has to uh, hear the teaching. So, first you have the wisdom arisen from hearing. So, this wisdom arises once one has heard the information, thought about the information, and understood the information. Uh, so, uh, there is uh, um, uh, um, uh, thinking that's going on with this wisdom arisen from hearing. Uh, because one is thinking about uh, uh, this information that is, is being presented. Um, so once one understands it well, uh, then the next step is to repeatedly ana analyze it, utilizing correct signs and supporting scripture. So uh, supporting uh, lungs or uh, quotations, scriptural quotations uh, and so forth, and analyzing them again and again and again. Um, and then, uh, through this process of analysis, uh, then one uh, can arrive at this, uh, the various pathways, uh, the path of preparation, and then move to the path of, uh, of seeing, and then to the path of meditation, and then to the path of no more learning. Um, so, um, this analysis then uh, produces this wisdom or uh, realization ar arisen from meditation. Um, but one first has to have the understanding arisen from hearing, uh, and then uh, repeated analysis that produces it. Uh, so all of these pathways, uh, which begin uh, um, <coughs> uh, uh, at the wisdom arisen from contemplation, such as the path of preparation, are all produced by uh, these pre-steps uh, and in the order um, of... Um, and, and, are, and arise <coughs> in order according to the cause and effect relationships that they have. <laughs> so 
So uh, one has to, um, uh, and then when we look at uh, a meditation itself, it's necessary to have both analytical meditation and stabilizing meditation. It's uh, according to Hashan's view, uh, the, there is no uh, necessity for uh, um, stabilize. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, analytical meditation, and analytical meditation is actually an obstacle to. Uh, enlightenment, an obstacle to meditation. So this is an incorrect view that is negated uh, according uh, um, uh, to this text. Uh, so um, it's stating that uh, it's necessary uh, um, to stabilizing and analytical meditation in order to uh, achieve meditation. And that these are all forms of meditation uh, and that one alone is insufficient. Uh, and it says here, Therefore, to claim that all meditations are stabilizing meditations is like saying one grain of barley, is like taking one grain of barley and saying, this is all the barley grains there are. So just taking a barley grain and saying, There's, this is it, this is all there are anywhere, this one kind of grain. Uh, so here this is negating the idea that Hashan and the Nihilists present that stabilizing meditation is the only kind of meditation and showing how uh, these uh, all affect one another, the hearing, the contemplation, and then the actual meditation are caused by one another, uh, and that both the types of meditation are necessary for realization. What did Hashan this negates Hashan's view. Sajung 
Moreover, just as study must precede the wisdom that comes from study, and reflection must precede the wisdom that comes from reflection, so too meditation must precede the wisdom that comes from meditation. As this is so, meditation means becoming familiar with what you have ascertained using the wisdom that comes from reflection. Therefore, it is said that the wisdom that comes from meditation is a product of wisdom that comes from uh, reflection. So, it, so it's showing here how the wisdom arisen from contemplate. I'm sorry, the wisdom arisen from hearing uh, requires hearing. Uh, so if one is speaking the wisdom realizing emptiness, then it, it takes first hearing about emptiness. Uh, here it's using the word study. Uh, um, uh, uh, study must precede what uh, comes, that which comes from study. Uh, so it's necessary uh, to hear, have this wisdom arisen from hearing uh, in order uh, uh, to, you must hear the thing in order to un, uh, understand it. And then once one hears it and thinks about it, and has a, a firm grasp on the subject, um, then one utilizes the various uh, um, uh, quotes, quotations, scriptures, uh, and correct analysis of signs to make it a very stable um, understanding. So uh, it says here, uh, so first one must hear it uh, in order to have the wisdom arisen from hearing. And then one must reflect in order for one to have the wisdom arisen from reflecting, or, or one must uh, engage in contemplation or analysis. All those words are used, uh, reflection, analysis, uh, contemplation. Um, so it, one must contemplate or reflect or analyze in order to have the arisal of that wisdom. And then in order to have the wisdom that arises uh, um, from meditation, um, one must meditate, one must familiarize one's uh, uh, mind uh, over and over again in order for that realization to take place. So we, we see according to Matraya's Mahayana uh, Sutra um, Alamkara, uh, how Hashan's view is inaccurate and is, uh, and is negated um, because it's necessary to have uh, all of these wisdoms that uh, give rise to one another um, and their causal steps such as hearing to have the wisdom arisen from hearing and contemplating to have the wisdom arisen from contemplation and then actual meditation to have the wisdom arisen from meditation. Without these uh, uh, steps, it's not possible to have the arisal of realizations. So here it's showing um, how all of these are produced uh, uh, in dependence upon one another and how the stable realizations are caused by this process. Hashan states that uh, they are 
these wisdoms arisen from hearing, wisdom arisen from contemplation, uh, these two wisdoms are necessarily not meditation and are necessarily obstacles to uh, enlightenment. Uh, so there is this uh, idea that they are obstacles. Uh, and here there is the negation being made and showing how there is a cause and effect relationship between all of these uh, wisdoms and how they are not obstacles to one another, they actually cause one another. Thus, the depth, so here again it's going to show the benefits of these uh, um, foundations of wisdoms. It says, the depth of the wisdom that comes from your studies is commensurate with your studies. So if one uh, 
uh, one's wisdom arisen from hearing is dependent upon the amount of hearing that one does. So if one uh, does a large amount of hearing, there's a direct, uh, it says that uh, um, the depth of the wisdom that comes from your studies is commensurate with your studies. So the amount of hearing you do, the wisdom that arises is, is commensurate with the amount of, of hearing that one does. It says the breadth of your reflection is commensurate with this wisdom. While the depth of the wisdom that comes from your reflections, uh, <coughs> while the depth of the wisdom that comes from your reflections is proportionate to your reflections, so once one has a firm understanding of, of the things that he or she has heard, uh, um, uh, and the more one hears, uh, the more wisdom that arises relative to hearing, uh, then there is the reflection that one engages in, or contemplation or an analysis. And the more analysis or contemplation that one engages in, the more wisdom arisen from analysis or contemplation that uh, takes place. Um, so it says, uh, um, while the breadth, depth of the wisdom that comes from reflections is proportionate to your reflections, so the amount of reflecting, the amount of analysis, the amount of scriptural reference, the amount of quotational reference, the amount of um, uh, analysis of correct signs, um, all of this, the amount that one is doing is commensurate to the amount or, of wisdom that arises relative to contemplation or analysis. And then it says, um, the magnitude of your practice of meditation corresponds to the depth of your, uh, wis of your wisdom of reflection, while your ability to stop faults and achieve good qualities commensurate with the practice of meditation. So, um, uh, here there's uh, re relationships in... Uh, um, relationships in, within each of the wisdoms, and then relationships with each other uh, amongst the wisdom. So the more hearing one does, the more wisdom arisen from hearing, uh, and the more of a foundation for uh, reflection. And then the more reflecting that one does, uh, the more wisdom arisen from reflecting, and then the more uh, 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 basis for the wisdom arising from meditation is, is present. So it says, uh, um, and then... The wisdom arisen from meditation allows one to, um, uh, that, that meditation allows one to apply antidotes, to stop faults, to achieve excellent qualities, to achieve the three paths, the pathways which lead uh, to the higher realms for beings of small capacities, the pathways which lead to liberation for beings of medium capacities, the pathways which lead to uh, Buddhahood for beings of great capacity, the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, the path of no more learning. All of these meditations um, uh, are, uh, are achieved uh, and uh, commensurate uh, to the amount of, of uh, um, uh, meditation that's done uh, on these objects. So meditation is necessary, and, uh, or familiarization is necessary in order to have this wisdom arisen from familiarization or meditation. So um, all of these wisdoms cause one another, and the amount of, of hearing or analysis uh, or meditation uh, is commensurate with the uh, amount of wisdom that is ar arises. I, I hope that's clear. I did the best I could with that. Did you do this one? I did so. 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 I
So the, the, the view that's being negated, Hashan's view, is that there is there is no connection between uh, this wisdom arisen uh, from meditation uh, and the wisdom arisen from contemplation and the wisdom arisen from hearing. So there is, uh, Hashan feels that the wisdom arisen from hearing and contemplation or studying contemplation is necessarily not meditation uh, and, and therefore a not a sequential cause and effect relationship. So it says, what is, the, here's another objection uh, that's going to be negated. It says, what is determined through study and reflection is not intended for meditation, but is merely for promoting superficial knowledge and eliminating others' misconceptions. Therefore, when you meditate, you must meditate on something unrelated to your study and, med and uh, reflection. So here, there is an idea that uh, um, um, study and reflection, the wisdom arisen from hearing, the wisdom arisen from uh, reflection or uh, analysis, is all for the, just negating non-Buddhist views. So this was the only point uh, of uh, this, these uh, um, studies and, and, and contemplations, um, and that there's no connection to the meditation, that there is a separate meditation that takes place that's uh, different from the studies that have been uh, that uh, one has been engaging in, so that there's a sec separate object of observation or uh, something unrelated. Uh, you might uh, a topic unrelated to one's studies uh, and reflection or analysis. Um, so then the the response here is that this is incoherent, like showing a horse one race course and then racing it on another. Uh, so here it's stating that. Uh, it wouldn't make sense to uh, have a, um, a, um, all of this uh, information and pathways laid out and then, and, and then meditate on something entirely different. Um, so here, the objection is, is stating that there is no connection between what one is studying and contemplating and meditation and that there are two separate uh, objects of observation. 
uh, and here it's saying that if, <coughs> if they were separative objects of observation, then it would be like taking a horse to a racetrack, showing him the, the racetrack, and then going to another racetrack and racing there instead. Mm so it says this is incoherent like showing a horse one race course then racing it on another this completely destroys the process of developing the three wisdoms the wisdom arisen from hearing the wisdom arisen from contemplation the wisdom arisen from meditation in succession which is what the scriptures as a whole present this also implies the nonsensical statement, much not, study is not needed to travel the true path. Um, so there is, uh, it negates the idea that studies are unnecessary in order to traverse a true path, um, because it, it, the wisdoms are caused by one another. Wisdom arisen from hearing causes the wisdom arisen from contemplation. The wisdom arisen from contemplation causes the wisdom arisen from meditation. So the idea that the, uh, there is no connection and that there is a sep separate object of observation for meditation than what one is learning uh, and reflecting upon or studying and reflecting upon is a mistaken view and is negated here uh, in this way. <laughs> So much study is not needed to travel the true path is uh, similar to this Hashan's view uh, where uh, that the wisdom arisen from hearing uh, about uh, the um, teachings for beings, uh, beings of small, medium, and uh, in common with beings of small and medium capacity and the teachings for beings of great capacity uh, he, the wisdom arisen from hearing uh, is uh, not in any way um, um, connected to uh, um, uh, the true pathways. Um, so uh, it's these true pathways are, are different from uh, this wisdom. So this uh, here, Lama Tsongkhapa negates this idea. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
So according to the scriptures such as the Mahayana Sutra Alamkara, it shows how uh, there is this relationship between hearing, contemplation, and meditation. And it says one indication of a failure uh, to recognize these critical points is in not distinguishing in the beginning between those who are well trained in the sutras and tantras and those who uh, have no training at all, and then not assigning the appropriate amount of practice. Another such indication is that meditators are criticized if they study or do research. These mistaken customs persist in Tibet. So here it's showing us uh, that there is a sign uh, if one. Uh, 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 follow according to Hashan's view um, that these are not sequential or the nihilist view uh, that they are unnecessary. Uh, if one holds these views, then it's a sign that one hasn't um, uh, uh, studied uh, uh, well. Um, um, it, uh, and, and, and it says here, let me just read it here. One indication of a failure to recognize these critical points is in not distinguishing in the beginning between those who are well trained in the sutras and tantras and those who have no training at all. So here, the wisdom arisen from hearing uh, and contemplation uh, is necessary to have the wisdom arisen from meditation in any among uh, the sutras or the tantras. And these wisdoms are presented in this way in the, in the sutra teachings or any among the four classes of tantra, whether it's the uh, action tantra, performance tantra, yogic tantra, or highest yogic tantra. Um, all of these uh, um, uh, tantras require this wisdom arisen from hearing and, and contemplation. Uh, and and if one uh, uh, doesn't 
believe this, then there is necessarily a, it's a sign that he or she hasn't relied upon uh, these scriptures in uh, um, uh, the sutras and the tantras, and that uh, he or she then has also not assigned appropriate amount of time to practicing them uh, if there is this view uh, that he or she is holding. It's a, it's a sign of a, of, of, of an, uh, a lack of hearing and studying and lack of practice. Um, so if one um, only uh, uh, does this, uh, med- believes that there is only meditation which is stabilizing meditation, uh, uh, then there is uh, this idea... Oh, so this is a circular uh, fault that happens by thinking in this way, by thinking that uh, um, uh, stabilizing meditation is the only type of meditation and that uh, uh, um, that the wisdom arisen from hearing and the wisdom arisen from contemplation is necessarily um, uh, obstacles to enlightenment. Without the analysis and without the hearing, then there is no way for, the wis- the, for this uh, faulty idea to not be propagated. So it's a, it, it, it's prop- if one doesn't analyze and doesn't hear, doesn't listen to the teachings and doesn't engage in analysis of them, then 
and only engages in this contemplation, then this contemplation actually becomes the cause for this uh, continuous cycle of, uh, of uh, mistaken view. The contemplation, it's, uh, the uh, meditation itself uh, perpetuates the view uh, because there isn't any hearing or, or contemplation or analysis uh, to stop that perpetuation. So it's true that repeated familiarization. Um, uh, uh, so let me say this again. So it's true that uh, the wisdom arisen from hearing is considered meditation. The wisdom arisen from uh, um, analysis is meditation, but it is not the wisdom arisen from meditation. It is meditation because it's familiarization when we're hearing or when we're contemplating, but it's not the wisdom arisen from familiarization. These are two separate uh, um, topics. While, while mere familiarization with knowledge acquired through the wisdom of study and reflection is indeed not a good quality that results from meditation, uh, how could this uh, co contradict familiarization as simply being equivalent to meditation? So we're going to get into this uh, in, in the future class. So we're out of time. Uh, so uh, let's turn to the prayer book. Surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful, I will attend Svara, attend Yatso. May you stay until Samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious things of Wanda, a full of description of existential doctrines, spiritual doctrines, and necessity, philosophical texts, and exceptional religious perseverance. Tujirin, Tushabin, and Tushabin.